Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Thank you for uh, creating this um, this uh, opportunity for practice. I know for myself that um, today I was um, I was uh, kind of under the, sp the, the, the spell, the, the, the mistaken view maybe that uh, the things I had to do were really important and, you know, like the, even the, the class today was a little bit in my way, you know, because I had things to do. And so the class was in my way and uh, suddenly I sit here and thank you so much for this because the delusion dispels. Uh, so that's that's why I like, like to practice. That's why we practice. So suddenly, things are put back in uh, order or in perspective. You know, it's like no, it seemed really important and all this. And sitting here, suddenly, this values are being moved a bit. You know, ah, I see more clearly. I was clinging, caught. You know, <laughs> and uh, wow. I see clearly now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, what practice will do for us in time. You know, it will uh, op open up the view a bit and say, "Oh yeah, there's all these things, but there's also life happening." You know, there's being alive happening. I put that aside. I was, uh, I transformed all this system into a tool to get things done. You know, that's violent in a way. And I remember that there's actually life happening. Consciousness, sensitivity, you know, that's touching. That there's, you know, these doors always open. Sounds come in, impressions of the heart and mind, sensations at the skin surface, at the surface of the body, etc. All these ways that we're sensitive and just to become aware of this. Wow. What an amazing trip to be a human being, you know? Just by sitting here, we can notice this. So, all these things passing through, sounds and impressions and emotions and doubt and clarity and wanting to be somewhere else and wanting to be here, although I am here. <laughs> mm. So we're practicing renunciation. That's not easy to do. Huh? The mind wants to grab onto something, some thought, some story. I don't know if you saw it in, uh, in action, you know, opinion, preferences. It, it wants to, you know, and we're like, no, no, I'm just being here, being here. I could depart, you know, later, you know, but I'm going to be heroic, courageous, <laughs> and stay here. Stay here and see what comes out of this strange activity. What happens? The first noble truth is, uh, is uh, you know, first kind of, uh, I don't know how to present it, but the Buddha seemed to have said, like, this 
is worth paying attention to. This is an aspect of life that is really worth, you know, becoming attentive, intimate with, l learning how to hold that aspect of life, which is that things don't have the capacity to satisfy us fully, because they are changing, they're conditional, you know. I feel good, can't count on this, you know, because it's going to be transient, changing. This person is there, can't count absolutely on this, because so many things can happen that, you know, even sometimes a person is still there, but the access is not there anymore. Anything, you know. And so, a big part of the practice is to sit, like we do here, and notice the fluctuating nature of pretty much everything. Like that beep that I thought would be eternal, <laughs> the only thing permanent today, <laughs> is gone. <laughs> you know? And so we sit and we learn to apprivoiser, um, we learn to, we get acquainted with that aspect of reality, ephemeral, changing, escaping, uh, you know, you sit here, oh my God, an idea comes back, you know, I, I had meant to do this, and it had disappeared, vanished, and then it comes back in the middle of the meditation, <gasps> I, I thought I would do this before I came, you know, and then you sit there, and then, boops, it, it's gone again. Appearing, disappearing. So, uh, noticing this is, a, is the first uh, noble truth, getting acquainted with that. And then the second noble truth is, um, is the source of our suffering, the cause of our suffering. What is the cause of our suffering? It's this person who didn't do what they were supposed to do. Or it's that, the weather that won't stay. Or it's too hot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it went from too cold to too hot. <laughs> in the teaching it says that the source of our, the cause of our suffering is clinging is the mind that seizes is that a term we can use grasps and get like this or get uh, and it has so many ways that it shows up that uh, we are invited as it is the case in the first uh, noble truth, in the second noble truth, to actually check this out in a, in real time, in in uh, live as it's happening. What is that thing called clinging, and how? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I see for myself like a thought arise. I kind of uh, adhere, adhere. I used that term here before. Mm -hmm. Adherence, like uh, adhesion. Yeah, we talked about this. I remember. And so I, I just, you know, fuse with the thought and just go on the ride, you know. And so that's a kind of clinging. I, and then the teacher here, sometimes it's myself, <laughs> giving instructions to myself, you know. Let's see if we can stay here, stay here. It's like, no, because there's clinging happening, you know. There's a thought and I so want to follow it. <laughs> You know, it's dramatic, it's important, it's, you know, it's fascinating. I just want to 
follow it. Let me follow it. But there's an emotion. <laughs> I want to vortex myself in it, you know. And uh, and so that's what we learn to do here, to sit here. And uh, so what's the opposite of... Uh, I was trying to think of this in the last few days. What's th- so what would be the uh, opposite of clinging? Release. Huh? Release. Release, yeah. Release. Yeah, okay. For me, what was coming up was like, could it be mindfulness? Could it be being attentive, awake to what's happening? Instead of kind of taken on a ride, taken by, entranced. Uh, what are the other words? Like, uh, sub, 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 something. Subdued, sub, sub. Yes, all these words. (laughs) You know? And uh, what's the suggestion of this practice, sati, um, that we translate by mindfulness, is to be awake to the different things happening. Oh, thinking is happening. Instead of just adhering, following, getting enamored, fascinated, and, and following the trend, you know? Instead of this waking up, being attentive, uh, being uh, fully conscious that there is a formation happening, a myth, a story is being told, you know? And so waking up to this and noticing, sometimes I actually don't want. I want the myth. I want the story. It's the movie. I want to get into it. That's why I came to birth. I came to life, you know? I want to tell the story. Do you have this or just me saying that? And negotiating in the, during the, the practice, yeah. I, I'll do your mindfulness thing, just give me a few minutes to, I don't know, lavish. I don't even know what these words mean. <laughs> they just appear in my mind. They seem to be the right words. <laughs> I'm just trying it out, you know, to just uh, get into it, dive in there, you know, and follow. And, uh, you know, and maybe at some point, I don't know if it gets old or aggravating or if I end up feeling cut or fragmented in some way. And then I might go back to, okay, let's try to be awake to it and see what's what's in there, you know. When I follow these stories, I I don't see the end of it, you know. It becomes uh, solid and permanent. And if I wake up to the inner production, theatrical production. You know, okay, so there's this big display and it's really tried three that dimensional like in the theater, you know, it's sound and vibration and I wake up to it. Maybe I learn how to be in it with care, with uh with uh, with uh, delicatesse, with um, Delicately, because it's so powerful, so so with with yeah, maybe l- some lightness or great compassion. How to accompany all the different movements of the outside world and inner world? So that's what we're doing when when we're practicing. Um, the way I was suggesting it, the words I was using is offering full presence. Offering full presence to this. And later it will be offering full presence to being in line at the grocery store. With the line not moving as 
at the right pace <laughs> for moi, you know? So offering full presence, such a radical practice. Offering full presence to sitting there with the doctor telling me that news. Full. It'll take a lot of practice. Huh? And so that's why we actually do this weekly or daily in a formal way in, in our life. Practicing being fully there with the whole catastrophe, with uh, some would say, uh, John Kabat-Zinn or uh, Zorba, you know, being fully there and here, being fully here with this, and sometimes being fully here to not much. Could that also be okay? And being fully here to beauty when the tendency would be to cling, second noble truth. You know, to grasp, to, you know, to... So we're practicing this, ah, allowing beauty, goodness, uh, success, uh, meaning, you know, to, to move through. <gasps> wow, awake to that. Wow, pleasantness, whatever, it, however it shows up. And similarly, allowing, what a practice, allowing confusion to wash through. Lust, apparently I don't say it right, somebody told me. I mean, l any, any kind of lust. Lust or loss. When I lose something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, so, I mean, this one or the other one, to wash through. You know, with its intensity or subtlety or charge or hollowness or fullness or hardness or smoothness, you know, allowing the textures of life to wash through, offering full presence to that version. I don't want to make it utopia. It's I'm describing practice. Like I'm, let me try this. Okay, <gasps> Pascal visited by shame don't want to exist, don't want to be this one and seen like this or having done that or fully washing through that uh, thing. And the next thing, okay, do your thing, do your thing, offering full presence. Wow, amazing. So to me, there's something about, uh, you know, non-clinging in there, you know, showing up, showing up. Not easy because what a ride, huh? Human, uh, the human experience. Yeah. Even if we're part of the privileged one, uh, and in so many ways, uh, many of us are. You know, there's so socially, economically, or you know, different locations in society. Even for the for the most privileged people, of which I think many of us are on this planet, uh, it's not easy to be a human being, inwardly, outwardly. You know? And so the practice is, uh, is this practice of uh, non-clinging. And so I think a few decades should be enough to start <laughs> to get us, <laughs> kind of uh, get our bearings, <laughs> understand a little bit what the practice is. The next life we're really got to <laughs> get into it seriously <laughs> or the next one after <laughs> mm. 
and the teachings uh, when it uh, there's these this experience I was going to say notion but it's not notion it's a real an experience of clinging it's described in many ways there's the clinging uh, to be to be I want to be like this you know this other version of me that I have in mind that is so much better you know or this other person who would not have lived through this or would not be living through this you know so that that's the kind of clinging so it's not uh, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way eh? it's to wake up like oh yeah I'm falling prey to that kind of clinging I can see it like it either really strongly or subtly there's this little thing that comes back often like the cling to be somebody else or more or yes Based on some reading, for example, uh, I want also understand that one of the um, objectives or positive things about meditation and certain practices is to also cultivate certain positive states of mind, like yeah. compassion and uh, altruism and so on. So, uh, based on what you just said, I mean, there seems to be some aspect that you want to strive for and want to almost like try to get attached more and uh, really go on a ride with these positive things and state yeah. of mind and thoughts. So how do you <laughs> yeah. approach this as opposed to you know just being present to whatever comes up, but also trying to push yourself to yeah. something ah. that is positive? That's the paradox. You put your finger right on the paradox of uh, spiritual life, where actually paradox seems to make sense at some point in the practice, you know? Like, if you go by thoughts, it doesn't make sense. You're saying one thing and it's opposite. But in practice, somehow you can recognize something. Can you recognize something of this? Does it make sense somehow to you, or not at all? Well, it does. I mean, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Yeah. I, I understand that, you know, in general, you don't want to go on the right with just any thought that comes up in your head and is not relevant to the present moment. But on the other ha uh, hand, there are thoughts and uh, attitudes that you want to develop. That yeah. you are not yet that person, but I don't think there is not anything wrong with wanting to be that better person. Yes. No, that's what gets us here. Huh? For example, like I want to be a better person in some way in my relationship. Beautiful. And once I'm here, like we sometimes the expression we use is we enter naked. It's so once I pass the door here and I sit, then the practice is to meet what is there. And this, as you maybe can understand or will find out, that this quality of awareness called sati, that is not an acquiring kind of attention, it's not there to acquire something, it's there to meet what is actually happening. In there, the kind of byproduct is that there's going to be transformation. Because I'm not actually practicing resentment, I'm practicing being awake to what's happening. So I'm, I'm uh, developing a really powerful kind of... Uh, presence that has friendliness to it, non-judgmental stability, duration, you know, I can actually be there. So in there, there's courage, there's calm, there's, uh, all these are being developed. But I'm not sitting here like, let's develop compassion. I'm sitting here, what is actually happening? Beep, beep, beep. Can this be met? Scattered mind, can it be okay, love, that there is scatteredness here? That's really a natural human experience. You know, 
So scatteredness, okay, scatteredness. Instead of cultivating, I don't want scatteredness, I want gatheredness, you know. So the practice suddenly is, although I do want gatheredness, when scatteredness is here, then I attend to it. And when confusion is here, I might say, like, I want clarity. No. How does confusion feel like? Or shame or uncertainty? It feels like this. And what's being developed is the capacity to have clarity in confusion, you know, to allow confusion to wash through. Yeah? So that's how I would uh, put it. So, continuing a bit with the different kinds of clinging, is that of interest to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we are practicing it all day long, it <laughs> might be good to know <laughs> what, uh, what we're practicing. So, the desire to be or not to be is a way to cling, you know, and uh, to have also. So often that's the ways that it's presented. I want to have this experience or this thing. And so... It's good in practice sitting here or in day to notice how the mind suddenly is caught by clinging. And so the cause of suffering is clinging. It's not the fact that the thing is there or not there, apparently, in that version. You don't have to believe it. I don't have to believe it either. It's more like a research uh, kind of hypothesis, you know, that there is freedom possible in this world that is unsatisfying ephemeral, unstable, unreliable, that there is something in the way we meet it. If we cling, it's going to be really painful. It makes absolute sense. Everybody's justified to cling from morning to night. It makes total sense. And we're saying, let's try to find another way. Let's try to find another way to enter in relationship with the escaping, uncontrollable. Wow, what a trip, you know? And so the clinging will show up in different ways, and how can we recognize it, be tender with it? Of course, of course. And in the relationship we have with it, maybe some of the letting go will happen. And so some forms of the clinging uh, are um, also some description is uh, around views, how we can cling to views and opinion. Do you have a felt sense of this, some memories of just a few seconds ago? (laughs) How we have an opinion and the mind like... Solidify, rigidifies around an opinion, a view. In this, um, in the in the teachings, it says that clinging to views and opinions is painful, really painful. So we really want to check it out. You know how we hold views. One of the things the Buddha seemed to have said is that views and opinions should lead to calm and clarity and liberation. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to review the way I hold my views and opinions, because <laughs> often they're more like, uh, I think of them as, uh, you know, under the sink, all the different products we used to have, you know, and they, there was a big, like, sign on them, like a, like a skull with, like, and always, like, use sparringly or with great care, you know, opinions, use with great care, you know, very, very 
abrasive <laughs> and uh, acid, very dangerous for oneself and others. So how to hold a view with clarity, with uh, conviction, but without it being aggravating for us and others? Not easy, not easy. Um, and uh, so this one for me is really intriguing, that my views and opinion well held will, will uh, bring uh, uh, clarity and calm and steadiness and peace. I mean, just this, we could stop here and say, see you next year and let's check on how, we <laughs> how we've worked, what discoveries we've made <laughs> around this, you know. And, uh, and I don't know if you can, but as I say this, I, I see in myself like the oh, poignancy of this. Oh my God, I get caught in this way so often, in small little ways, in big ways, in unconscious ways, in really, uh, you know, felt ways, like how my mind will, you know. Um, and views, I think, it makes me think also of uh, perceptions, like view, the way I view how it's going to unfold. And then I... You know, I had my plan of how it was going to unfold. You said, I said this, and then this was supposed to unfold this way. And it, it's not. And I can see, what's my pain here? A, maybe part of what's happening is my cling to a view that it should be otherwise. Cling to my view that this, not, this is not fitting the plan I had for you. <laughs> or for us, or for uh, this reality, you know. This reality is disappointing right now if I compare it to my view of it, you know, <laughs> of how it should be. And so this is really interesting. And for me, this becomes daily practice, so applicable, you know. This morning I went to have the tire changed on my car, you know. It should have been done at that time in this way with that price, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> it was not exactly like that, you know. And, uh, and so how am I holding this, you know? The shock between my view, which is a production of the mind, a myth. Yeah, it's a creation of the mind, nothing else. I created the thing, and then I'm humiliated, insulted, because it's not fitting my scenario. You know, this to me happens daily. You know, I open the fridge door, and I think there's that much yogurt, and there's that much yogurt, you know? And it's... You know, so I use these small things. <coughs> hopefully, that they can bring to the big things. You know, the big plans we had or the big ideas, and and of course we would. Of course, it makes sense. Being a human being, not a human being, not knowing what's going to come. Of course, we have to make up a story of how it's going to unfold. You know, and a plan and all this. And the Buddha would say something like, "Yeah, I do make plans, but I know the limit." of them. This is wisdom. I know this is a story told. I know what's going to unfold is going to be very different. And I stay tuned in, you know, so that I can actually uh, clarify as I go along, you know. And so that, yeah, to me, absolutely applicable. I can go out of here and it's going to start applying right away, you know, <laughs> even while I'm here, you know. And so, and the freedom, what is the freedom? Is to actually have that tenderness. Oh, of course, Pascal, there was a story. It was just that, you know, and here is life. Can we meet life? Or are we going to cling to the fiction, you know? 
and life as a way to show us like in big and small ways constantly that we created the story and so you know this could lead to stress this could lead to disappointment this could lead to resentment against life god etc you know and this apparently well held could lead to peace I can't believe this. I have to go check it out in reality. What a suggestion. That is far out. You're telling me that this that leads to aggravation for me can actually lead to peace? I need to review my way of <laughs> going about things. No? Wow. Like, I can't get over this practice and these suggestions made 2,600 years ago. You're telling me that I can hold this differently and it can lead to peace. Wow. I won't have enough of this life to, f to clarify that, you know. That's going to be research for a long time, I think. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, last weekend or a couple of weekends ago, uh, Rick Hansen was here. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing. Yeah. And that we so often bypass that. Yeah. In our in, even in our day to day awareness. Yeah. That and that it's like filling the bank of that. I felt like, oh, I want the more I take that into my awareness and my consciousness and my that when a threat comes, then I can get over it very quickly. I don't have to cling to that. Yeah, we put threat in uh, parent, like... Yes, yeah. uh, obviously it's in, physical. Yeah, but, but this but, happens too. But, but, but yeah. that can happen yeah. too. But, but that totally. sense that, oh, this isn't going my way. Yeah. Not, you know, there's this... The little shock of uh, my conceptions. Or, and, uh, yeah, yeah. or even the opinion. Somebody has a different opinion. And yeah. I'm going to fight with them yeah. about holding my opinion and their opinion. And it really struck me of how the quality of what I bring to my practice or to the attention and is is really important yeah. <laughs> in terms of bringing that quality of mindfulness more alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so as we're practicing this here, you know, waking up, waking up. There's a story told, waking up, waking up. There's a, there was a plan, waking up. It's not 
here, here. It's yeah. this was a made-up story, and we wake up to here, and here it's actually yeah. But I'm actually a lot of the time fine. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> you know, but that understanding in that moment. Oh, oh yeah, it wasn't like that. But to be able to contact within myself the awareness and mindfulness that I am okay. Yeah. That it's all right. Yeah. Or I can have this opinion, you can have that other opinion. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's some, Great. There was something in the teaching that I found um, brought a quality um, that was very helpful. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. So, yeah, I hear it as a waking up, waking up, like, you know, I can, ah, 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 and hold on, I'm sitting in the room, you know. So let me offer my presence to this here that is happening, or the body standing over there, wherever that over there is, you know, and <coughs> noticing, oh, it's okay. To me, that's a lot of waking up, because, you know, we can be in trouble, it's going to turn out like this, but here now, Actually, like, right here in this moment, yeah. And with the trauma work, that, that's the, the kind of invitation. It's like, oh, yeah, so there's all this going on. This person is threatening me and all this. And what is actually happening? Locate yourself, you know. Remember that this other thing of the past is not here now, you know. And this idea that you have of how the day should have unfolded is actually not here now. But here, what is here? Yeah. And he has a strong emphasis on the, the good, huh? yes. the, the, yes. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and so in terms of clinging, you know, we let go of the idea and it can become pretty playful, you know, or caref- care, caring, compassionate. It's the door that opens, because in the clinging it's not possible, you know, the mind is like this. And so we're looking for an expensive, more expensive mind state. So, l- yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to apply this, because yes, I was uh, this is a safety motion? Uh, when strong emotions, or just you said in trauma, like in the past, things, the image is gone or something. Yeah. I mean, to be very honest, is that easy to recommend something like that? Easy? I mean, it is <laughs> simple, simple, simple to say, you're safe, you're safe, you know, like, yeah. because I was in previous. When we're triggered, when we're tri- triggered, does, I, I don't think we're in the world of simplicity and easy. You know, it's it's afflictive, it's uh, perturbating. So you know, like the, the you know, and there might be things we can do. Maybe not in the height of the trigger and the crisis, but somewhere in there we might be able to. And it's also tools that I think we actually develop outside of the crisis so that we can actually have access to these tools, mm-hmm. it's good to have them, right. yeah. And so it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cultivation that we're doing, so it can remain there. But um, yeah, when it's messy, it gets really messy. When we're, we're stuck, you know, when the, when the mind clings like this in any way, of course the function of the mind is not to open up. <laughs> the function is to grasp, you know, it oh, does yeah. its thing really well. They did something beautiful. Now that you say the mind here, like open the mind, open the, the hand, and you can't. Just try to open it, and you can't. With this one, put it here and see what happens. Holding. And uh, just, uh, you say, it's so soft. Yeah, yeah. So, 
we learned in the previous seminar, and it was <coughs> beautiful to see that yeah. the mine is here, and then just an open support. It's a powerful image of holding. Oh, this person is triggered right now. Like, not I shouldn't be triggered. Oh, triggered is not easy. <gasps> really hard to be Pascal or whoever is <laughs> in that perturbed field. Yeah? Mm. Yes? I have a conflict now. <clears throat> because if everything's okay, when there are things like the neo-Nazi, etc., does that mean we don't protest because it's all okay? Does, do you think it's, it would be right to no, do that? Great. So that's the practice of mindfulness. Is mindfulness is paying attention so you can see for yourself but what... But my idea that it's wrong. Maybe, I mean, it's their idea that it's right. <laughs> but is there room for protest when it doesn't fit what I cling to? I, I would say yes. Oh, okay. I, there's something called engaged Buddhism, for example, and for me, totally. What I want to do is to be able to recognize what's happening. It's not so much, we use the word accept a lot, and it might be misleading, because it's, oh, accept, okay, so yeah, they're going to come in with their opinion, yeah. is I'm recognizing what's happening. So I'm not in the extreme of denial, or the extreme of, you know, being so aggravated, I'm like, clear, this doesn't work. I can't let my society become like this. So then I can use my body to stand, to sit, to lay down, to walk, in all the forms that it can do. Any power that I have, I'm here sitting, there's 25 people, I have the microphone, let me say something about my opinion. So that's, so it's not to expect the world to be all okay, it's not. You know? so, so when you say it's all okay, I don't hear this in the teaching. It's not all okay. It's really hard to be a human being because there's mental health, there's physical health, there's societal health and disease, you know. And, and so now it's not easy at all. So that we're not talking about it's easy. That's, a, that's a, another conception of Buddhism. It's I, ideas made up. I don't know where they come from, but we encounter them often. You know, oh, it's all good, it's all one. Yeah. This is, uh, I don't know what kind of spirituality. I'm not interested personally in that, you know. And uh, no, here we experience loss and we experience being connected with what we don't want, what is not good for us, for others, you know, oppression, all this is happening. What we want is to be able to have uh, really powerful qualities instead of being uh, led by hatred and reactivity, which will burn out really quickly. We want to be led by clarity, by uh, a calm, clear mind. It's not easy. I, so I keep trying to say I'm not presenting it as easy but still I'm presenting it as a possible path you know somebody once said it's simple it's just not easy yeah <laughs> I would agree yeah yeah so clinging I'm coming I'm going back to my uh, thread and I think you asked me to present uh, things so I'm, I'm presenting things today I'm talking about clinging not just so you know because you asked me so, um, so uh, clinging is, uh, so there's the clinging to view. So there's a big field there of how I'm holding views. And the particular aspect of this is uh, that the Buddha talks about is views, uh, wrong views. We can, we can cling to right view, but clinging to wrong views, wrong understanding of reality is doubly painful. You know, so what is that? Clinging to the view that things should be permanent. 
or are, and something went wrong, you know. This is a painful, that most of us live with that pain. So there's an I there, it's impermanent forever, and suddenly, ah, the health, or the youth, or the, some aspect, the mental health, something goes away, astray, away, awry. <laughs> I, there's so many beautiful words in English, and I'm often close to them. <laughs> They're often just out of reach. <laughs> and so uh, clinging to wrong view is something to be really attentive to. So when we have the view of uh, solidity, permanence, uh, controllability, that it should be controllable, like I have that view, and it's actually not behaving in this way, that's really painful, you know. And so here what we do is we become sensitive. We learn how to come to that delicate encounter, not easy encounter with the ephemeral, the unstable, to recognize it's like this. So to clarify our view, so we don't cling to a wrong view, a wrong understanding, a wrong perception, conception of reality. Uh, Things are not mine. When I cling to the view that this is mine, it's going to be painful because there's clinging and because it's a wrong view. It's not mine. It's mine maybe conventionally, whatever it is that we're talking about, but it's not mine. Nothing is mine. Absolutely. Yeah? That is a difficult one. Often it's the very counterintuitive because this is so mine. Is it so? Is it so? So clinging to this is maybe at the heart of our trouble here, you know. And the Buddha talks about this because he says that's the source of our suffering. I would not mention it if it was just an intellectual trip, you know. Oh, let's think about not-self, you know. But he says, I talk about it because that's at the heart of the problem. I take to be mine something that is not. Memory is not mine. Memory is happening, is in operation, until it's not anymore, you know. It's really interesting. So any aspect of our life that we cling to, knowingly or unknowingly, that's the difficult part. That's why we have to quiet, get quiet and pay attention so that what is unconscious will become conscious. Huh? That's what, we're, that is, what is hidden will become seen. And so by paying attention, we start to say, oh, I take this to be mine. As far as the, the clinging, is the clinging uh, talked about abstract? Um, it's pain, it's uh, emotions, like uh, I see it as emotions, like you hold, you hold on to, they might not, they're painful, but you, you're stuck with them, you're carrying them. Uh, even though you're aware, that they're painful and you're carrying them, it's very hard to let them go. Very hard to let them go sometimes. Sometimes less, yeah, depending on what it is. Yeah, The clinging is happening, huh? Yeah, well, like, um, I find, like, if I, if I hold on to 
carry this stuff that I carry, <coughs> let's say, thinking about myself and not good enough and all this stuff. And uh, I say, okay, I've got it here. You know, it's uh, not too bad. But uh, if I go in the public and someone will ask me, you know, what, uh, what is your work about? What do you do? Well, I'll say, well, I'm working on this, but I haven't been doing it, you know, I'm not doing it very much. And, uh, I haven't, you know, found a way of, like everything comes out a, a negative, and that's my yeah. thing that I'm carrying. And I haven't found a way to <laughs> even release. Now, well, I know I'm, I'm working on it now, but uh, uh, to uh, let go enough of it uh, for it to to be free from that. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. It gets washed away. But now you're laughing about it, so to me it's a good sign. <laughs> so it means no, to me it means you have tenderness. You have a little room, playroom here. You know, you're not totally... Because uh, if you were like, yeah, but this this thing, I can't get rid of this thing, I would say, oh, yeah, the clinging is pretty intense. You know, it's, it's very delicate. But you're talking about it and you have a smile. So I'm saying, oh, I'm seeing that there's some playroom here. You're, you're, you're caught in it sometimes and sometimes you hold it with uh, tenderness and we're, with a little playfulness also. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and in the practice, when it arises, like it seems what I'm hearing is that sometimes socially... Sometimes there's a sense of uh, unworthy self or something that arises and you don't know how much how to hide it or not feel it, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little uh, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so in the practice, then the suggestion, the invitation is to be aware of it, <gasps> caught, you know, like identified. So there's a the cling to a view, a wrong view that I'm unworthy, maybe. I'm putting my words on it, and you have your own words, but I think we're somewhere in the field there. Eh? And so, same thing happens to me. It's like, ah, I'm a bad teacher, or I'm a bad something or other, you know. And, you know, it arises, like, my job then is to recognize, oh, Pascal, you know, feeling shame, feeling ashamed, <gasps> like heart beating, heat, wanting to disappear. And then what I'm bringing in is not clinging, more clinging, more... Uh, uh, being unconscious and feeding. I'm actually practicing waking up, practicing compassion. You know, oh, of course it would come up, you know. Oh, this is how it feels right now. And so I'm learning how to accompany this. That's one way to release the clinging. And there's things that have been coming up for 20 years that I... <laughs> you know, I remember Carl Wilson, uh, when the, the, my dear teacher is saying, like, after many, many years of practice, I have so much respect to conditionings, mm -hmm. like something you're describing, a conditioning and a belief that I'm not worthy or that it's not going to work out or that people are against me. You know, there's millions of them. They show up in all kinds of ways. And she, after many decades of practice, she's like, oh my God, I have so much respect for these. Like I've what she was saying is I've worked on these so long they keep coming up <gasps> incredible some of them yeah I've freed myself from and some of them they just come back very very humbling extremely humbling and to me the way I hold these these days is I actually don't mind how long it's going to take I'm going to take care of it it might take a few lifetimes I'm actually not clinging to the time frame 
but I have clarity about, yeah, I want freedom from this. I see it's not helpful for me, for others. It's limiting, and it comes up. It has a power. It has, you know, it's been ingrained in some way. I don't actually mind. I have a lot of patience. I'm actually going to attend to it when I see it in the best way I can, and I know it's going to work out. That's kind of the belief I hold or the view I hold. It's going to work out, but I don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs> That's intention. Huh? intention. Yeah, the power of intention. So my intention is really, really clear. So I don't mind being humiliated, you know, <laughs> and it coming back. Okay, mm-hmm. it's there again. Like I don't cling to the view that it shouldn't be there. I've given that one up. <laughs> that, that is another layer of pain, you know. So, yes, yeah, going to come up, and I'm going to attend to it in the best way that I can. Attend to it in the best way that I can. Yeah. So, that, that's, so let's say there's a shame, you know, like I shouldn't be, you know, like, a, mm-hmm. you, know, I'm, I, you know, I'll take just one as a gay man. It's easy for me to feel that I'm not a man, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not falling into this one as much as I <laughs> did for decades. But, you know, if it comes up, there's going to be like, of course, of course, my love. Yeah, mm-hmm. compassion, being aware. So not f- believing the message, and that's the extremes, uh, the middle path. Not believing the message and not fighting it. Fighting it, I was at the conference here in Montreal la- last year, I think, or two years ago, it's still, I th- it made so much sense. They said, when you fight against your thoughts and beliefs, it, it, uh, it makes the distress higher. And so this is the middle path. I'm not believing in the thing, and I'm not fighting against it, that it shouldn't be there, I don't want to feel this. I'm actually volunteering to be awake in the middle of it. So I'm becoming conscious. Oh, look at that. Look at that. So I'm uh, courageously knowing this is what's happening. It's debilitating, you know? Like if I have disqualifying thoughts about myself in the middle of the conversation, suddenly I'm not creative anymore. I can't listen so well. I'm starting to... I I don't know why, you know? And and so I'm like, of course, Pascal, of course you've lost your uh, capacities here, you know? This is how it is. Very kind, very, very kind. And then, maybe when the other... It happens for the other, maybe I can have the same patience and care. Oh, look at that, they lost their way, you know, they can't, they can't, uh, they don't have their resources anymore, you know. And in this way, somehow, this is what I find really touching, I didn't expect this, is that to me there's a freedom, like I don't need for this conditioning not to come up. It can, like I don't have the clinging that it shouldn't come up, the view that it shouldn't come up. Of course it will come up. And of course this is what it is to be a human being. So this thing comes, there's going to be this big thing, debilitating in some way, and I'm going to be tender in the middle of it. Yeah? Okay. So clinging to thing, to views, clinging to ways, norms, and uh, rites and ritual is the classic way it's described. That it should be done like this. You know how many times we run into this. You know the mind and clinging to things as self. I talked about as me, mine, 
it's a really deep question. Is it really absolutely mine? You know? Is it going to go at some point? Is it um, uh, exposed to conditions? You know, like condi- can conditions, outside conditions, change this? If it can, then it means it's not absolutely mine. It's there, maybe wor- precious, maybe worthy of a lot of care. But can I release that view that it's mine? And the other thing is clinging to pleasantness, comfort, certainty, all this. For a lot of us, it drives our life a lot. I want to know. So it drives my thoughts, it drives what I say. I want to control. My God, there's so much stuff in all of this, you know. So in life, to see it, like, oh, this is what's in function now, the clinging to control. You know, can I release it a little bit? Maybe I can plan with allowing uncertainty. You know, I'm going to plan and I don't know how it's going to unfold. Oh, la, la. Shall we sit a little bit in the middle of all this? Not trying to catch all of it. It's, it shows up. In time, so being very, very kind to ourselves, you know, it's not like clinging shouldn't happen, clinging does happen. We're just interesting in. Interested in finding out when it does, how it does. When there is no, no clinging, really good to notice also, oh, the mind is not wrestling, is not uh, tight around, bugged by, grasping, or uh, pushing away. When there's an allowing for things to be, to arise and be and pass, We can uh, notice maybe the taste of freedom in there, of non-struggle, non-reactivity. Maybe as uh, Joanne and Rick are suggesting, noticing that it's okay here now.
a couple more minutes of being awake to the movements of life, inwardly, outwardly. The life, uh, dynamic life of the hearing, dynamic life of touch, sensations, dynamic life of uh, the inner world, the attention alive. Just for a few seconds here, opening the eyes and uh, becoming aware that we're here, together. Being attentive, offering uh, presence, attention. This is also known as a practice of independence. Huh? So we actually learn to bring a really careful attention so we can clarify uh, what we've heard, if it's true or not, what we're hearing now, if it's true or not. And then the final analysis, analysis is for us yes. ourselves, you know. It's for us to see what is true or not true. And so we don't have to believe what we hear or what we think we hear. <laughs> we, can, we can check it out for ourselves and decide what's... Uh okay, thank you very much. Have a good uh, week, thank you. And thanks also for the, for the support. Uh, like every week when I come, there's these two boxes there for the center and uh, for moi. Thank you so much for keeping me alive. <laughs> A few w more weeks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.